Kevin Smith here. Jason Muse. Hey, man, can I impose upon you for a favor? I need you to help me move this weekend. Wait, where are you moving to? I'm moving from Smod Castle to the John Lovitz Comedy Club. That's right, bitch. We're talking big theater. We're talking fun. Universal City Walk. Jason Muse, Kevin Smith, Jay, and Silent Bob get old. Come yeah. kick back with us. Hear the show that you've heard for weeks and weeks on Smodcast.com. But here and in a room that's much bigger than the Smodcast room, we can fit more people in there, like 300 mm. people easily. And more importantly, you can eat while it's going on. Eat. You can have food. And more importantly, if you're this kind of person, not you because you're living sober, you can get fucking blitz. They you sell booze there. You can sit there, throw back drinks, and watch us sit there and be silly and literally get old in front of your eyes. We just started a new game. So not only can you go there, maybe get a full belly of booze and some food, you can walk out of there with a smile on your face and a bag of goodies. That's right. You can face Jason Muse as he tries to go back over his lost history, taken away by heroin abuse, and play our new game, Do You Remember More of the 90s Than Jason Muse? Go head-to-head with Muse in a trivia contest where you can win some cool, cool shit. And we're going to do yes. that. It's fun times, Goodies. man. Go up for Hollywood Babylon at 8 o'clock with me and Ralph Garman. Stick around afterwards and watch me and Jason Muse do our podcast. Jay and Silent Bob get old, man. Getting old, baby. It's going to be a good time. And I know right away some people are like, valet parking, man. That's going to kill me. You go to the John Lovitz Comedy Club for either of these shows, you're going to get yourself a $7 deal on parking. Oh, I love it. That's cheap valet parking. In that California, is very, my very seven cheap. bucks. Val- you just pull up, you get out of your car, hand someone the keys, you go right over to the theater. How sweet is that? You kick back and you enjoy the fuck out of yourself. Leave it to me and the little boy here. We'll make you laugh. And if nothing else works, he'll pull his pecker out and show it to you. Yes, the penis. It's a good fucking time. Twenty bucks. You can have some drinks. You can have some food. I know your old lady's always like, "You never take me out. You always listen to them goddamn spotcast podcasts." Well, now take her out to see one of them Smodcast podcasts on a Jay and Silent Bob date. It's Friday night, too, so it's sort of like instead of going out to the club and, you know, maybe getting in trouble, you go come here mm-hmm. to the city walk. Not only you get to drink and you get to flirt, you get to eat, you get to listen Why to some laughs. Why are they flirting with their girlfriend right there? Flirting with their girlfriend? Well, none. You know, people go out go out on a Friday night. They want to drink some beers, have some fun, maybe True. flirt, hang out. So the ones that up. are single are flirting. Yeah, the single yeah, ones. Yeah, don't alienate right? our fucking married base by oh, being no, like, no, come no. to the club and cheat on each well, other. No, no. It's a good place for a date. A <laughs> Friday is. night date. You don't want to bring a, a date out to a club where there's... <laughs> no, because some other fucker's going to mack on your lady and yes. take her. Take her away from you, man. You don't want that. You come up here. We're not going to take your lady. She's never going to sit there, look at us, and be like... Like, I'm going to leave with them, the fat one and the little one. She's going to stay with you, man. The and old you're gonna, ones. Yes. She's going to no. be like, why would I want to have sex with a 40-year-old man with saggy balls and tits? <laughs> Never in a million years. I love you. And she's going to love you more. You're going to get blown that night. And she's going to be like, we got to do that every night. And that's going to become your Friday night thing. Friday. Your Friday night at City Walk. Like, you'll talk to your friends. You're like, oh, well, we go out. We go see Hollywood Babylon at 8. And we go see Jay and Silent Bob get old every uh, 10 o'clock every Friday up at Universal City Walk. That's our stories. It's amazing. Yes. Just like my grandmother had her stories. This could be your stories, man. Watch us get old. Get old with us and hear all about our misadventures and we will do anything to fucking make you laugh and have a good time. So come on up. Almost anything. Anything. Almost anything. Shy of sucking cock. If you were just like, look, I'm on the verge of laughing, but if you just play a little just the tip with your mouth and my dick, that's where I'm like, look, sir. We're just professional comedians. And we're not even professional comedians. We just like yeah. to try to make people laugh. I'm not a whore. I'm we're not going to put your stories. dick in my mouth. Yeah, yeah. We're just telling stories about us yeah. getting old, getting new, meeting 
having sex, mm -hmm. being married, mm -hmm. fighting drugs, fighting, fighting the drugs. weight, fighting yes. age. You meet some girl, you're trying to impress her, you go up there, you hang out, you make her laugh. She's like, oh my gosh, I had such a good time. Yeah, like, how do you know these guys? Because, you know, you can come up to us afterwards and be like, hey man, hey Kay, hey Kev, yeah. hey Jay. And we're like, hey man, what's up? Exactly. And we'll make it look like you know us. And that chick's going to be like, how the fuck do yeah. you know those two has-beens? Exactly. And one of them mowed my lawn. Exactly. And they also do the show that I like to take you to every week. It's all win. You're going to have a good time. You're going to get kissed, maybe even laid. You're going to have some food. You're going to have some drinks. Come see us. 8 o'clock, Hollywood Babylon. 10 o'clock, Jay and Silent Bob get old. Only at the John Lovitz Comedy Club up at Universal City Walk this Friday and every Friday. Snooch to the nooch. Hello. Uh, welcome back to the Red State of the Union Q&As. I'm your host, Kevin Smith. Uh, as some people may have uh, seen on Twitter this week, somebody asked a question, uh, are we going to watch at the end of the class, we're going to watch this film on a big quick time projected on the sheet as we do with all the clips. And as tempting as, as it is to do, because we did that throughout the movie as I was cutting, I kept bringing in bigger, a larger and, and longer quick time to show everybody and everyone watch it on the laptop. But I, I think uh, we can afford... Uh, a little better for you guys. So when we're done here, uh, in terms of the first few classes before Sundance, uh, we'll go up to my house and watch the movie, which will be really happy. Yeah. Um, on the sole condition that you don't steal my shit. <laughs> uh, but it's, it'll be a great way to watch it. Um, and, and the picture looks great. And, We'll have everything done at that point in terms of the mix. It'll be very, very cool. But anyway, that's that's weeks from now. Uh, tonight we're going to uh, move from uh, behind the camera to in front of the camera uh, for the for a little while for the next few weeks. Going to meet some of the people that populate uh, Red State and make up our world. Uh, to do that, though, we're going to peep out this scene first. Uh, and then we're going to get to know uh, one of the actors in the movie, a, a guy whose uh, audition was so strong... It completely changed uh, what the character was supposed to be. And a guy whose work in the movie was so strong, it defined the next movie to come. Go ahead. What is this, man? It's like Craigslist for people who want to get fucked. I thought Craigslist was Craigslist for people who want to get fucked. What kind of dirty shit you looking at, boy? Oh, oh, oh. Fuck, Baggett. Oh. Touch my dick again. See what happens. Yeah, so he said motherfucker right after you drowned your mouth. <laughs> Such an animal. How do you... They're all the same, man. You can't see any faces. Oh, shit, you showing? Yeah, dude. You fucking here. kidding me? Yeah, look, it doesn't matter. You can see the tits. You can see the fucking pussy, man. Fuck the faces. Well, how we know we won't fuck the face unless we can see what yeah, they look like? Right, thank you. You fucking bag their head, man, all right? It, it, look, these bitches want to fuck. Even if they do want to fuck, they're all in New York and L.A. Lots more in L.A. Look, New York, L.A. Road trip. L.A., L.A. Yes, I get the point, all right? But look here, this one's a little closer to home. Holy shit, Coopersdale? Ooh, no fucking way. We're getting laid, boys. How we know she's going to fuck us or even like one of us? Because I've been talking back and forth with one for two weeks now. She says she's interested. Fucking... I just got a little hard. I don't want to fucking fuck someone. He just stuck his dick in. Look, look, look. His greasy ass fucking. It's dick. not greasy. Right, look, there ain't gonna be no sloppy seconds, boy. Okay. She wants to fuck all three of us at the same time. Jesus Christ. 
I call the ass. You're not getting a fucking ass. Yeah, fuck you, man. Don't Are throw you shit at me. Relax, dude. How do you know this ain't a guy? Does that look like a guy to you? Uh, the tall boy in the group is named Billy Ray in the movie. Uh, and when the actors playing Billy Ray uh, in, in pre-production uh, hit me with an email to talk about his hairstyle, um, I found it adorable. He goes, uh, hey, I, I was thinking uh, I'm going to put a rat tail on my guy, uh, if you don't mind. Included for reference uh, are pictures of what a rat tail looks like. <laughs> And I, I thought I was like, what? Is he talking about something new? Or I, I used to have a rat tail, but I clicked on the picture. Sure enough, it was what I had. And, you know, I wrote back to him, Nick, I actually had one of those. And he wrote back, how old are you? <laughs> um, but uh, he, uh, we're going we're to talk to him. I was going to tell you again the story about how he changed the role, but we might as well do that as we actually talk to him. So, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Nicholas Brown. Hello. Um, what, uh, you're a Disney kid, is that right? Yeah, you could call me a Disney kid, I guess. You don't have to be ashamed of that. I could see you're kind of yeah, like, yeah. yeah, you're ruining my street cred. <laughs> yeah. How am I yeah, supposed Red to get laid? Yeah, gave me some street cred. A little, well, not yet. We'll, yeah. we'll see. Yeah, um, yeah. what, uh, when did you first start working with the Almighty Mouse and in what productions? Most um, people know, of course, Sky High. Right, right. Sky High was the first Disney flick. That was 2005, um... Awesome movie. I mean, good job. It is. That's great. a good yeah. flick. This yeah. scene from this flick with you and Michael Angarano, who right. was also in Sky High, makes it look like a dark version of Sky High, <laughs> yeah. where the boys aren't about heroics. They're like, let's get some pussy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's true. And we don't have superpowers. We're just, um, yeah, it was really, uh, yeah, it was a really sweet movie. And meeting Mike again was really cool because, mm. you know, you know, over five or six years, your acting styles change and you grow up and you're, you know, different, but, um, it was really, it was really cool. And yeah, so, so Sky High was nice, nice, like jumping off point. Took me into some Disney Channel stuff for a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, what have you done? I got a kid, so there's chances are I've seen a lot of it. Okay. So, uh, I did a movie called Minutemen about three boys who time travel. Yes. The poster is green and there are kids floating in the air. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I've seen, I've You've seen, seen I've so seen the poster. Times. I don't know if I've seen the rest of it. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you must, you're the one on the poster with the lost expression, right? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. We're in a vortex. I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was one. What so else? That, yeah. So that was my first Disney channel. And then I did uh, a movie called princess protection program. That's a lot of alliteration right yeah, there. They love alliteration. No doubt. They're all right? about that. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, I played a sweetheart, small town boy who's in love with Selena Gomez, who's, you know, sort of, you know, you know who Selena Gomez is. I got a kid. <laughs> yeah. She's on The Witch uh, Show, The Witch is a Waverly Place. Yeah, that's it. Um, which is a little weird because she was like 15 and I was 20 and. I'm like six five and she's five five, so it's like a little creepy that I was in, you know, in lust with her. Uh, <laughs> it seems more less like a movie and more like a dare. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, nothing fizzled there between me and her, though. You know, really? Yeah, no. Nothing? No, no I mean... I didn't no, ask, I don't creep but do tell. <laughs> That's amazing. I we thought were I'd in have Puerto to, Rico. I was going to bury the lead, but fuck. Yeah. Uh, nothing happened there. Is there is there some sort of like a puberty cop on Disney sets where they're like, hey, hey, no fucking. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think uh, I think they keep a pretty close watch on all their kids. Right. You know, they're all pretty reined in and. You can't uh, have like fucking Hannah Montana breeding with Zach and Cody, you know. Yeah, right. Kids right. might they be stick too, to their show. No doubt, yeah, they gotta they stay on the cast. sweet life and shit. Yeah, right. It, it's but a it's good circle be to amazing. be in. You're a kid actor. It's yeah. got to be like fucking. There's like three circles you can be in: Muppets, child pornography, <laughs> and Disney. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, yeah, so Disney chose me. The other two didn't. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> you have a weird dick, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Yeah. Disney's like, we don't care about, we don't care about that. Come on in. <laughs> yeah. I don't wear a dick runner. No, um, <laughs> so yeah, so they, they chose, and it's a good place to be in. I mean, it's yeah. a good, like, good jumping off place. It's, you know, they're, they are like a family. They used me a few times. I just did another Disney movie, uh, called Prom that comes out next year. Which I've seen the trailer for. And I, I mean, I'm going to lose street cred in the room saying it, but the trailer chokes you up in a early proto John Hughesian kind of way. They, they would be so happy to hear that. Yeah, tell them to put that on the poster. Yeah. <laughs> People will go to an erudite quote, cocksucker, or something like that. Um, yeah, I, I liked it. I, I don't just say because you're in it. I mean, I, you know, I watch a lot of fucking trailers and shit. Mm -hmm. And, but take that with a grain of salt. I cried watching Sweet Home Alabama. And I'm, and I hate Reezy Witherspoon. So mm -hmm. that was saying a lot. It was kind of, I, you know, I'd go for movie schmaltz, uh -huh. but they did just the right amount of schmaltz in that prom trailer where it's just, it reminded me how old and fat I've become since my prom. Oh. And so I don't know, it made me emotional. I look forward no, to it. You're the target demo. <laughs> <laughs> you're all up in that trailer though, man. I know, man. Yeah. They really, they... you're the guy on top of the fucking freeway with the sign. And right. Shit. Right. Yeah. yeah. The guy who can't get a date, uh, you know, just doing everything I can to get a date and he can't, right. uh, which is a fun role to play. And the one people I think will root for, you know, very much the like, underdog. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got a peaceful, easy feeling about you. Like people want to get behind, even though you're yeah. so intimidatingly tall and shit. Right. Most people should fear you. Like the giant is coming. <laughs> but you play these roles of like, gee shucks, where you want to get mm -hmm. behind you. Like case in point, Red State, the role that you play was written to be more like, you know, kind of like Jason Muse and Jay and Silent Bob, just more like, I want pussy. Let's get mm -hmm. pussy kind of mm -hmm. shit. And everybody that auditioned did pretty much exactly that. And it was like seeing, variations on the same theme and the variations were very very slight mm -hmm. um and it's what i wrote so why they were giving me exactly what was on the page we saw nick's uh, audition and you went uh, a way that nobody else went with it rather than go like lascivious you just went stupid mm -hmm. you just die you just dialed mm -hmm. it down from 11 to two mm -hmm. you know <laughs> yeah. and so everything was just more of like a what uh, and, yeah. and it made you come across more endearing and suddenly character a character that was a cipher on the page for bad boy who wants sex who's going to get punished mm. became a bit more human where i was like oh shit it's more interesting if you actually like these fuckers like that makes it more complex because yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, on the page it was like you don't like them you don't give a fuck you almost want to see them get punished and shit because they're so like let's get laid let's get laid right um and pretty nasty about it but you kind of softened it in a way where i was like oh shit there's a more of a dimension there than just being like the kid who's like trying to get horn, horned up and try to get laid and shit. Every step of the way, you would always put in little human uh, ticks and beats when you meet Melissa Leo for mm. the first time, who's the 
uh, chick they go to encounter at the the trailer, or uh, you're, you're very like you know you look lively, you look mm-hmm. nice. That's you look, it. You look really nice tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just very sweet. Very, you brought a kindness to it that that absolutely won you the role. I remember yeah. talking to John Gordon, going like, "This dude, Nick Braun, he's going, he's good, right?" I was like, "He's the only one that played it." differently than everybody else i think mm-hmm. his instincts are right like it's it's cooler if he's playing it like what yeah, yeah. I, th- I think um i really wanted to go for that naivete of the guy who who wants pussy but doesn't know how to get it and like do- doesn't really know what to do and like how to talk to a girl but he really wants that pussy you know what i mean and and <laughs> i know what you mean yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you pull from real life or? Um, just like me. Yeah. yeah, no, um, yeah. So I had this friend in high school and I won't, I won't say what his name was, but it, we had like a trio of friends, right. much like these three guys. And this kid always seemed to be a little bit behind and a little bit delayed and just not really with the two of us. And that's the guy I wanted to be who's, you know, he's not a bad guy. And right. He's like probably a good dude, actually, but they don't ever give him a chance and they just shit on him all the time. And he's just playing catch up all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's where like a rat tail comes from. He's a little offbeat. He's right. not quite with the times. Like, you know, he lives that, in a trailer. He, if that dude, if your buddy sees the movie, does he go, you're, you're playing me, man. I can nah, see it. Nah, <laughs> no, 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 I don't think so. Uh, it's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I hope not. <laughs> That'll be awkward. I hope he doesn't even hear this. Um, <laughs> uh, but, um, <laughs> so. You better so, tell me you can't, like, a fictional place you came yeah. from and shit. Like, I'm from Narnia. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you really from? Long Island? From, I was born in Long Island, lived in, uh, Connecticut in New York City. Uh huh. How long were you out there? I was, um, I was out there till 18. I, I went to boarding school in Massachusetts for high school, but mostly lived in Connecticut. And What's that about? Boarding school for high school? Why? <sighs> I just were you bad or of, you just wanted to leave? I just wanted to leave. Really? Yeah, I wanted to get out of my house. I just wanted to do my own thing and... <laughs> and shower with dudes? <laughs> <laughs> we did a lot of that. <laughs> no, um, no, it, I just, I just kind of wanted to, like, be, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm very independent, so I just kind of wanted to be out of the house and, mm. Uh, live in a dorm. That whole thing really was intriguing to me, and it was awesome. It wasn't a boarding school, uh, like a prison or anything. It was, you know, it was just a regular school, but you live there. Right. Um, and it was a mixed gender or just boys. Yeah, it was co-ed. Right. Three hundred kids. Yeah, we did a lot of sneaking so around. Chicks were sleeping there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's like essentially co- a college for people who aren't in college yet. Yeah, exactly. A college without the alcohol, basically. And was there acting there? Was <laughs> acting something that was part of that program or performance? Yeah, th- yeah, or? there was a, there was an acting program. Um, you know, they had a few plays. They, I did, I did Twelfth Night there. I did, um, Picasso at the Le Pan Agile. I played Picasso. Mm. Uh, no, I played it pretty badly. Like, I'm not a seducer at all. I was like, <laughs> I was like 15 years old and like trying to seduce an 18 year old girl who's like so hot and I was so awkward. Um, but you know, drama wasn't my thing. I really went to, to get this, you know, get the schooling and, um, and just like live a different life than just going to public school in Connecticut, which right. everybody basically did. Um, yeah. So you finish high school, do you go to college or like, fuck it, I'm gonna go out west and try acting? When do you get, when are you like, let's try acting professionally? Well, I, I mean, I started acting at six years old. So doing I, what? Uh, doing like community theater. Um, uh, student films for NYU and, uh, you know, uh, SUNY, SUNY, and just like, yeah, I actually did my first short film with my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It was called uh, Rocky and Pop's Search for the Holy Mackerel. And it was about a grandpa and his son, a grandson. And it's a fishing trip. And uh, I should tell you, yeah, my dad's an actor. He basically was my inspiration for starting acting. He started really late in life. He started at 55 years old. Picked up acting at 55? Picked up acting at 55 years old. Had a whole, like, unbelievable career as a... Um, as a uh, creative designer for, you know, record albums and stuff. He, he created the Rolling Stones tongue. That's his design. What? Yeah, yeah. I think I just heard Malcolm pass out somewhere. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, no. Yeah, really, really. Really? Yeah, yeah. So the dude who fucking created the Rolling Stones tongue mm-hmm. one day was just like, oh, I'll become an actor. Yeah, yeah. Wow, man. Yeah. You always wonder what, like, that's enough. If you created the Rolling Stones tongue, you're like, I am enshrined in the pantheon of artists forever. And then mm-hmm. he switched up? Yeah. I mean, nice. it was just his lifelong dream was to be an actor. And you know, he'd made some money and he was ready to retire from the music industry. And like, why not start a whole new chapter and that's what he did did he work a lot yeah he's, he works a lot yeah he does still continues yeah he still continues um he's yeah you know he's doing his thing doing some theater and you know guest stars and stuff like that i mean it's tough to, when you start in your 50s yeah, yeah but i think yeah. he's done really well and he's a damn good actor really yeah he's really good um so and was that. he your first teacher kind of or is that something that you just picked up like innately or uh, osmosis you just because there's so much performance in the room. Mm-hmm. Where, where do, do you sit down with them and be like, I want to do what you do? Uh, kind of. I, I mean, I, I was like six. And I just remember him sitting me down in our house and being like, we're going to do repetitions now. And so we did like Meisner technique repetitions and like he would start doing acting exercises and then soon enough it would evolve into him bringing sides for auditions and then bringing like scene work and I'd be his reading partner. And so, you know, just sort of kept evolving. He saw that I was into it, I guess. Um, and I, like maybe I, yeah, he saw like I got it or or something Mm -hmm. or had the bug. And so, um, we just kept going with it and I still work with him on auditions. I mean, I, I think I even kicked around red state sides with him. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's, you know, it's a partnership. You guys have like a father son relationship out of an after school special. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's really, really sweet. Yeah. I know. Yeah. We went to acting class for years and yeah, we've worked together on stage a lot. And so where is mom in the equation? Uh, mom lives out here now. She isn't an actress, isn't in entertainment at all. Um, but you know, huge supporter. She's out here. She's, she comes to every set. She didn't come to red state set though. I don't think, mm-hmm. I think that's one kind of movie you keep your mother away. From. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even let my mother come. I was like, no, stay away. The one for her to come. We're shooting this picture on an ancient Indian burial ground. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, what's the, the first big role of sky high or no? Uh, yeah, I mean, that was my first studio movie, but my first big movie or mm-hmm. lead role was this movie, Walter and Henry. Mm-hmm. I did for Showtime. It was Showtime TV movie. And uh, John Larroquette was my father. <clears throat> James Coburn was my grandfather. And uh, it's a TV movie, so you can expect, like, the kid goes through hardships and comes out okay. People learn some shit. <laughs> <laughs> People learn some shit. Yeah, right. What so follows that, cool. that? So that leads to... I mean, I, I did that, and then I'm sort of like... I'm in eighth grade or, you know, seventh, eighth grade. I'm going to school. I'm a regular kid. And, um, and then 10th grade, I, you know, I hear about Sky High. I auditioned six times for five different roles. And then out there or out there. here? 
both. Uh, I, I even taped an audition at boarding school in the basement of the theater. Really? That's actually the role I got. Yeah. What, off of that tape? Off of that tape, yeah. Yeah, that's the role they booked me for. So but they wait, saw me a few times, times out you gone, How many times have you done it at that point? Um, I auditioned five times, and then I had to go back to school because spring break was over. Uh-huh. And they're like, there's this one role. We just wrote it. It wasn't in the script before. Can you read for it? And I got my drama teacher down there with his little camcorder, and we just did it, and that's the one I booked. Get out of here. Yeah. What does that feel like, man, when you book a studio flick? I screamed for probably two minutes straight, just at the top of my lungs. Uh, th- there's really no feeling like getting a job mm-hmm. as an actor. I mean, for me, every single time I book a role is hugely emotional. Mm-hmm. Like when I got this, I was sitting on a tennis court with a friend, and I got the call. My manager was like, Nick, you booked Red State. He was like, and congratulations, like, like I, you'll make no money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that came after, but um, I, was, uh, I didn't know that. He let you later. enjoy it for a few seconds. Yeah, yeah, shit. he was like, yeah, get happy for his But I really was, you know, I was sitting there, like my head's in my hand, dude. And I was like, I almost started crying. And, sh- you know, shit gets real when you book a great role. <laughs> Shit gets fucking real. Your friend's man. backing up and shit. Yeah. Putting his, putting his. She started to in. console me. Actually, she started rubbing me like. Cause she didn't, She's cause, like, it's okay. Because I didn't celebrate. You'll get yet. out of a Kevin Smith movie one day. <laughs> right. You met Michael and worked with Michael before on Sky right. High, but you hadn't met Kyle before. No, uh, that was a little tricky. When you have three best friends, you'd like to have some chemistry already right. you'd like to hang out and like drink a few times or do whatever ride around in a car for this kind of thing but i didn't meet kyle until uh jesus i just started looking out to you guys i've been looking at you the whole the time. audience yeah. yeah hello uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so we met stay the- with me over here okay. over here <laughs> so so we met we met the first day kyle yeah at like 5.30 a.m., you know, we're just, it's dark out, and we're just, hey, man, you're my best friend. You know? <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, th- I think it's just a testament to how good those guys are mm-hmm. that we can just come on set and, you know, like, create that relationship right away. Yeah. It happened at the lunch table in the scene you guys just saw. That was our first scene we shot I would say it came together within two takes, too. Yeah, yeah, we came in rehearsal. It felt pretty good, and then in shooting and um that was a relief to me because uh, to be honest that whole part of the script everything up to arriving and michael park's entrant in uh, entree into the movie for me it was just like we just got to get there you know all mm. this is as bruce willis would say chuffa until the moment we can get to michael parks mm. but you guys uh wisely so didn't treat it like that you know you were just like fuck it man no let this could be as good as that let's try yeah. and shit like that so you guys imbued it with performance that was so good that I like I by the first end of the first take I literally looked at John I was like this this I, this scene might work too mm. and he's like what does that mean you know yeah. <laughs> like, this is just a monologue I'm having in my head never mind um but it was it was just like oh my god these dudes are tearing shit up and for me it was a sheer delight cuz I'd been working with the same people for years and years and years and years and stuff and you guys were babies complete fucking like uh newbies and and, and it, like to me i'd seen some of you in this I'd, I'd known kyle from um from uh uh, uh veronica mars yes that was the name veronica mars i knew michael from uh 
from um, uh, which we call it Sky High, and as well as well as a uh, gentleman Broncos. You I saw on Sky High, and apparently in that green Disney poster. Um, but I was not like, oh my god, I've been lifelong fans of all of yours, and I, mm-hmm. for me it was just like, this guy's good, this guy's good, this guy's good, let's go with it and shit. Mm-hmm. We got there, you guys did that first take, and I was like, oh my god, like you forget. They may be young, but you've been acting since you were six. Kyle's been doing it 10 years. Michael's been acting since he was cum. Mm-hmm. So by the time <laughs> in his dad's balls, he was just doing it. Acting up, yeah. Yeah, acting up a storm. But so when you guys hit the ground running, there was a real natural style to it. I mean, the dialogue wasn't written in a, for lack of a better description, Kevin Smithian kind of way to begin with. Mm-hmm. But you guys were able to kind of put it into a very casual patois that made it sound different than any of the stuff that I'd ever done. So by the end of the first take, I was really like, oh, shit, the, mm-hmm. the first 17 minutes of this movie can be badass, too. Because you guys really brought it like you brought a, a innocence to it. Kyle brought this fucking weird intensity to it and shit. Like he gets very quiet and draws mm. you in. So good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was his move. I thought it was kind of cool. Rather mm. than play it not, like everyone, rather than play it the obvious note, you took it in a different direction. He took it in a different direction as well. Michael, same thing. Well, first of all, I hadn't met Kevin. I hadn't met you till that day. Yeah, no. Oh, actually, we, saw- we, we met for like three minutes. In a weird in a twist, weird... an ironic twist of fate, the movie that <laughs> Nick was talking about, Prom, that Disney flick, mm. was also shooting at the the Nellis um, uh, Boys Prison, whatever the fuck it was called. Mm. In Whittier, there's a, a facility, it was called the Fred Nellis High School or something like that, but it was a boys penitentiary, a, a high gates and shit like that, barbed wire. And I guess they shut it down uh, because the state said, forget it, we're just going to put the hardcore juvenile offenders into prisons and then mix them into general population when they're old enough. Mm. So shit like this institution went away and it was something like 90 acres in Whittier surrounded by walls with a zillion different looks. Like for us, we were able to capture 80% of our fucking shots, interiors and exteriors Mm. right on the fucking grounds of Nellis. So we were there scouting some location and, Nick came out of the bushes, um, which was weird. Yeah. Um, I was waiting for you. <laughs> in yeah. the boys' prison. Like, yeah. help me. Get me out of here. <laughs> yeah. um, and he was like, hey, man. We're like, hey, man, what are you doing? I guess you were there for packing up or you're still shooting or yeah, something we were, like that. Yeah, we were shooting the last couple of days of prom, so I was just there and kind of touring the place because it's really bizarre. Yeah. I mean, it, it, <clears throat> it kind of feels like... It's a fucking rape hole is what it is. Like you drive around at night. We would be shooting at night. You'd be driving around a little golf cart and there'd be a chill in the air. It shouldn't be in Whittier, particularly when we were shooting. And you realize, oh, it's the ghost of molested and raped prison boys. (laughs) Now, granted, these boys, you know, did something to get there. So your guilt is a bit assuaged. Like, well, they weren't all innocents, you know. But still, it fucking reeked of rape in that place. Right, right. And ironically, let's, let's Disney that shot next. prom there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> it's right. weird that we shot Red State there, but the fact that Disney, like, where do you want to shoot it? They're like, shoot it at the rape hole. <laughs> 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 what, uh, on this movie, you had to do a lot of physical shit, too. Like, uh, we haven't really gotten, uh, into it, and, uh, cause I'm trying to keep it quiet. We got a month before we can kind of show the whole movie to the world. Mm-hmm. That'll be a lot easier to talk about. But uh, you do get into a bunch of uh, physical stuff in the movie. Running, fucking running in skimpy clothing. Yeah, um, yeah. And just, just in my underwear for a 
chunk of this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of the flick, which when I wrote it, I, I literally wrote like they're in their underwear and shit like uh-huh. that. And, and as we got closer, guys, yeah. as we got closer, I guess it was, uh, what's, um, uh, Beth Pasternak. Who is our, 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 uh, costume, uh, person or wardrobe, you know, the chick in charge of the entire department. She goes, um, you have in the script here, it says the boys are in their underwear. And I was like, yeah, yeah, because uh, something in the plot. And she's going, I just, I, I'm, I'll do whatever you want, but I just want to show you pictures of the boys in their underwear. And she lined up three pictures of you dudes in your underwear. And suddenly I was like, Oh, you're right. It looks like I'm making a gay film, doesn't it? <laughs> and she's like, you might just want to think about maybe another piece over here, piece over there. And then we figured out, you know what? It wouldn't make sense that they were each in that same fucking state of undress. So then we went with various pieces. But was there ever a moment where you're like, I'm feeling exploited. I feel like a chick in a horror movie. Because <laughs> that was the idea. The idea is to kind of take the, the, you know, what's normally the chick roles and flip them to the boys. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't mind it. I mean. Beth was just yeah. like, well, Kyle could probably he'd still be in his pants and, and undershirt. Michael would be in like underwear and a shirt. Mm-hmm. But Billy Ray would definitely be like, I'm going to get some pussy. Yeah, yeah, just whipping <laughs> off my clothes. Yeah. Totally. Uh huh. Yeah, no, I was all right with that. I've never, I don't think I've ever bared as much skin in a film before. So. Thank was you. there ever any consideration in terms of like, you know, hey man, I'm fine. They're not going to call me for Sky High too if I'm fucking, <laughs> if I become the Red State guy. Do you have to, as an actor, think about that? Do you think about one role versus another role or versus the security of this or the future of that? Or is it just like, hey man, I'll take any role that comes my way as long as I don't have a dick in my mouth <laughs> on camera? Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't really think about it. Um, I mean, at this point, you you kind of want to say yes more than no. At this point in my career, you right. want to say yes, and you want to try things, and you want to go for stuff. I mean, if it's garbage material or whatever, you, you don't want to do it. But I'm mostly going with it, going with the flow, and just trying to keep, you know, digging into new characters and you know bringing new levels to it. You talked about being a sensitive guy, uh, and and acting is not for the sensitive, and as much as um, it helps to be sensitive, but. It's a shit ton of rejection. How do you deal with How long have you been dealing with rejection for a bunch of years and stuff? Cause not, you can't get every job. It's just that simple. Uh, it's, it doesn't get much easier. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you grow to, you grow to sort of embrace it in a way. You're like, I guess, I guess you, you start to approach auditions more indifferently. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I was younger, I would, um, I'd become so attached to it and feel like I needed to do this role. And if I don't get it, you know, I would go dive into like a deep depression. Um, but it's just part of the thing, you know? And, um, and it's okay. Uh, You learn to audition more for your career than specific roles. Explain. Like if I, you know, I turned in my audition the way I did for this, Uh but you could have said, well, I don't want Billy Ray to be six, six, but, it's sweet. I've I've seen this guy. I'm gonna right. think of him for the next thing. Right. So, so you audition. In the memory. You, yeah, you audition for you know to get to know people, to make connections, to get yourself a reputation. Whereas, um, you're not just going for every single role. I need this role. I need this role. So yeah. even so, based on that, even if like you're looking at something where you're like, I ain't got a hope in hell, but if I got a shot to audition for it, even if I'm not getting this role, 
it's you're banking a performance maybe down the road where somebody's like, oh, I like that kid for this thing, not this thing, but something else later on. Yeah, yeah, you uh, you get no such thing as a bad audition, so or wasteful audition, so to speak. Right, I don't think so. They send me out on some stuff that I'm really not right for, Mm -hmm. and I'll try and find a way to make myself right for it in my own way, and then I still am probably not right for it, but at least I've turned in a good audition, and you know, if they haven't met me or seen me before now they have i mean you don't know what's what could happen in that room and you're bringing them a vision that could be completely different right and sometimes you're uh you're asked to completely flop like flip-flop your entire like your vision that you've brought to them in the room on a dime i've done that i've done that to actors where it's just like I like it, but can you do this and play it like this? And it is like 180 mm-hmm. degrees from what they came in prepared for. Mm-hmm. And you're not doing it to fuck with them, but you're doing it because they're like, look, what you did ain't it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, here's a chance. Go for what the right thing is and see if you can do it. And some can really adjust and turn the 18-wheeler on a fucking dime, and some can't because mm-hmm. they're like, I was prepared mm-hmm. for that performance and not what you're asking me to do. Yeah, I actually like doing that. I think, I mean... Cause, cause you, you see it a whole different way sometimes than I have. Then I could have, could have ever even thought about it, especially if you've written the thing. So, um, so I think that's, I mean, that's kind of the excitement that comes with auditioning, auditioning. Cause you don't, you don't know what could happen in there. Uh, you could book the role on the spot. You could bomb the thing. You could be asked to do a completely different version. So it's exciting. I, I am, uh, literally shaking before every audition still. Really? Yeah. That doesn't go away. I mean, I do, I do this thing like a re- relaxation exercise now. It's kind of like Zen. I just sort of sit there and try and fall asleep. And sometimes I do. And then they'll call Nick and I'll like wake out of my slumber and go. And like, so I sort of freak myself out before I go in the room. Yeah. Cause some kids are in, you know, they're in the audition room and they're going over their lines and they're like freaking out. Pacing. Pacing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's a audition lot of tension are, in that room. There's nothing like an audition room. I mean, you just like feel this desperation and, you know that bugs me so i just try and like peace out and like sit outside or just go to sleep or something go down the hallway jerk off in the bathroom come yeah back. yeah i actually haven't done that that would be my move that would be yeah. my go-to if i was nervous i'd be like hold on <laughs> <laughs> as everybody just kind of leaned back in the waiting room um go uh through an, a typical acting day aside from you know they see the the the, the um, results of the work the actual performance but what are you doing most of the time when you're on set? What's going on? You get there at six in the morning for a call time, mm. go through it. So you get there usually bright and early, yeah, six or five thirty. You uh you get a little breakfast, you go through hair, makeup. Um depends. Sometimes it takes longer. You know, on, on this film there were some days where we needed more makeup and uh it was a little messier. Mm. Some days you just come on, you throw your shirt on. This we did light light makeup like everybody was pretty natural yeah very. so that was nice we didn't have to cake it on sometimes they do but um yeah you do that and then you're kind of just waiting it's a lot of waiting on sets mm-hmm. um and then there are surprises along the way we were shooting a sequence where um you uh get to fire a gun and you were working with the stunt people and mm-hmm. prepping and prepped and prepped and prepped rehearsed 
uh, shooting and having to fall while holding a loaded firing weapon. You know, it was filled it was with a, Yeah, that was a very tricky shot. It's it's yeah. it's tricky. It's, it sounds easy. Like, you know, when you're running around with people playing cops and robbers or whatever and playing bang, bang, and you shoot somebody, somebody's like, oh, and they drop to the ground. Mm. That's real easy because you're not carrying a gun that has fucking, you know, ordinance in it and shit like that, whatever they call them. So you go through like a good few hours of practicing like the gun's here, you're firing here, mm-hmm. fall back, don't worry, trust there's going to be a pad there. It'll be, don't, don't think about the pad. Mm-hmm. And that's weird because we can't just fall normally without thinking about looking back. And it's, I'm falling six and a half feet. You know? Yeah, I'm, that's I'm the thing. You're not, you're, you've got a, a long ways to go. Yeah. Fall, so for me to just fall back was really scary. But you trusted. You kept trusting. You were just like, "I'm the. I'm. Is that right? Is that right?" And you watched him. He's off on the side working all day to mm-hmm. do this move. Mm-hmm. Then we go to shoot it, and it's fantastic. It's just well, I mean, I don't want to give too much away, but what happens needs to happen. Happens beautifully, mm-hmm. and his fall is beautiful. And you're watching the frame. Nick passes out of the frame, and all of a sudden you see in the background <laughs> there's a, some things on a shelf, and one is a big, hard plastic pelican case looks like it had big heavy equipment in it um you see it teetering and you see it literally fucking just fall off the top of the shelf and sail through the frame and all you hear i'm watching on the monitor all of a sudden you see that thing go bang and you hear what the fuck (laughs) and you just hear nick who's normally so easy going and sweet explode in rage and rightfully fucking so but the rage wasn't about it wasn't about, oh my God, I just got hit by a fucking case. Nobody told me it was coming. My eyes were closed, blah, blah, blah. The rage was like, all that time we spent rehearsing, you didn't tell me they were going to drop a case on my head. And we were like, that part was an accident. <laughs> um, but you actually got, what, concussed? And we had to take you to the hospital? Yeah, yeah. I had a pretty major concussion. Um, yeah, it, it, it was <laughs> fucking horrible. I'm not, when I say a hard plastic pelican case, it was pretty fucking big and hard. It was very big. Yeah. I mean, I'd say it was about 40 pounds, that case, and it was empty. It um, was empty, but. And it fell from about eight feet high, <laughs> straight on my face, like right on my temple here. And, um, there was I, a hinge on it that if it had fallen two inches in the other direction, probably would have caved in something mm-hmm, yeah definitely it, it did or at least like busted my face so i mean i'm so surprised i wasn't there was bleeding no or there was no uh, evidence of a injury like a black eye or anything like mm-hmm. that but we were just like you know what rather safe than sorry let's get him to the hospital we took you to the hospital and sure enough they were like oh he's concussed and whatnot mm-hmm. so yeah shit definitely kind of happens but you soldiered through it and based on that i was like let's make him the lead of the next movie <laughs> is that why no not yeah. at all uh <laughs> honestly I, I what i i think by the first time i saw you were able to play um high school pussy hungry with a heart like a hockey player and shit mm-hmm. and then i just started seeing you in jerseys in my head all the time you know like how <laughs> some guys see chicks in wedding dresses or something like that. Every time I'd see you, you're like, so what are we doing next in the scene? And I would see you in the jersey with pads on. And I was like, yeah, that's buddy. That's buddy. <laughs> and the whole time, it was early. It was definitely by the end of, we shot three days with the boys, had a weekend down, and then started shooting with Michael Parks in the chapel. So by the end of those three days, I was just like, I, I know I want him to play this guy. I, I, it was weird. And John Gordon... Uh, we were sitting there talking about it and it was, he started talking about it at the same time independently. I wanted to tell you and then you got hit by the case and then I was like, if I tell him now, he's going to think that I gave him the role because he got hit by the case. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'll wait till the, till the end of the show and whatnot. And it was literally 
the end of the show. We Dude, were that was such a nice. I mean, it, you it, just wrote that moment perfectly. How you told me, I'm a writer. I know. This is what I do. Dude, he's been planning this. But I was. Uh, we were wrapped. It was the last day we had shot. We were completely done. Everyone was saying goodbye to everybody and whatnot. And I'd been telling the boys like for the last two weeks, Kyle, Michael. Um, and Kyle and Michael, I had conversations with separately and never had a chance to tell you where I was just like, you guys got to learn to skate. Start mm-hmm. learning to skate. The next movie's about skating, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then there was one group, uh, moment at the end of that day where I was like, we all got to learn to skate for the next movie, man, because, uh, skating, you know, it's about hockey, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then I, I went, uh, everyone else was taken off and, and leaving them. And I went back to the bus and I was heading from the set back to the bus. And I pulled up and I was making the U-turn and I saw you were in your car heading toward your car. Uh, cause you'd been like saying goodbye to everybody. You were last man out as well. Just the like, you didn't want the whole thing to end and shit. No, no. So, um, I was like, you know what, man? I could catch him. Fucking, let's, let's do this now. Cause it would have been like one day he would have come over there. I'll show you the movie and like, Oh, by the way, the next movie, blah, blah, blah. So I saw you and I waved you down and stuff. And I was just like, Nick, um, the movie I was talking about before, um, about you playing hockey and whatnot with the boys, I was like, I didn't want to uh, tell you during the movie because I, I didn't want to make it weird, but, yeah, you're the lead at that movie. And he was just like, what? You know, just very like, don't fucking shit me. I was like, no, you're the lead. I want you to be the lead. And there was a momentary kind of like, he's going to ask me to suck his dick, isn't he? <laughs> but it quickly fucking passed because you saw that I wasn't going to ask you to suck my dick and then I was serious about Yeah, we were in it. wide open space. You couldn't ask me. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm like, come to the bus. Yeah. <laughs> the bang bus. Um <laughs> But you were, it was nice. It was one of those cool moments where like to be able to be like, Hey man, here's your shot, man. You can go take the shot. It's going to be awesome. And, and even if it's like, if it doesn't fucking turn out to be anything cool, Hey man, you're good enough to be in the next movie. I liked you. You made an impact. So come be in the next flick, whatever it was, you were very fucking like, thanks. It was kind of sweet. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, it, it was very, very sweet. Um, let's open it up. Anyone got some questions for this fine young actor, Nick Braun? There's a hand going up right there. <laughs> Um, I was actually just curious what high school you were at, because I also went to boarding school in Massachusetts. So I went to St. Mark's. Oh, I went to the Berkshire School. The Berkshire, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. You guys had a good hockey team, I We think. did. We did. Terrible arts program. But, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Cool. Thanks. Nice. Small world. <laughs> <laughs> so your first Kevin Smith movie, you got paid no money for it, and you get a concussion. Mm-hmm. Then you sign up for hit somebody. Yeah. So, wh- what part of you made made you want to come back for a second film with Kevin? It's such it's such a good role. This was such a different film, Red State, to make. Um, and like I said earlier, I mean, just all actors want is permission to do you know what their instincts tell them to do or what you know the choices they want to make. And Kevin is the epitome of that. So going into a lead. I mean, I, it's gonna be it's gonna be incredible. Um, like usually, when I bring ideas to a director, they get shot down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is what it is. But um, when I have like an instinct to do something, or like like one movie, I wanted to have a pick in my hair the whole movie, and the guy was like, "No." And here I was like, "I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna tell him about the rat tail," and Mike was like, "He's gonna say no," and Kevin said yes, and so. <laughs> 
I mean, if I get to do another movie like that, I'm I'm down. I had I had somebody told me I underdirected them, which I was like, what does that mean? They're like, you got to give me more. I'm like, what the fuck, really? I'm here, isn't that enough? <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, I think you're. I think if I had things to come and talk to you about, you would have the conversation. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, but um. But you're, yeah, you're really just there. You're there to like supervise, and if we need to bounce things off you, you'll, you will. But uh, I was cool with it. My feeling is just like you hire people because you're like, this one's great, this yeah. person's great, this right. person's great, this person's great. And at this stage in the game, it's not like when I made Clerks, like where you were like, this dude has done some local theater. This dude was once in a high school play. This dude's never acted before. These are all professional craftspeople, filmmakers who've been acting for for years. They know what they're doing. So. It feels weird to like hire someone and be like, do what I say when mm -hmm. it's like, well, I'm hiring you because I like what you did here, here or in your audition. So do that. Do more of that because you got to that place without me. Mm -hmm. Like it'd be weird to like get on the set and be like, okay, the thing that got you here, shut the fuck up and listen to me. It's like your instincts got you not just through the door, but onto the set, mm -hmm. you know, and change the character. So I, it would feel weird at that point to be like, you got to listen to what I have to say. It feels more natural to be like, what do you got? But some people find that uh, to be underdirecting if you don't like give them everything. Some people need more attention. Right, know? right. Yeah, so, yeah. Sometimes you want more structure. I mean, if, if you don't, you know, sometimes you get to a set and you're you're not even sure for the first few days or the first week what you're doing. So that's when it's nice to have a director that's like in there and you know. But um. But here, I think everybody did. I think and we everybody... shot in sequence, which was really helpful. Yeah, yeah, totally. Had you uh, seen any of Kevin's films before? And if so, how did that inform your working together with him? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I when I was younger, I saw the Jay and Silent Bob stuff. <laughs> so... <laughs> What does that mean? What do you mean? <laughs> Shit happened not too long ago, dude. I mean, Seems like yesterday. <laughs> but <laughs> God, that probably, yeah. I don't mean that in a bad way, but like I, you know, I watched that with my brother. I can, it's it's kind of weird because I would watch that with my brother. I was like eight or nine or something, you know, when the first stuff came out. Mm. So. um yeah, it, it was a little it was a little weird to work with somebody who I watched it as a kid and laughed at and you know. And the weird thing too is like you couldn't you could watch the everything I did it wouldn't prepare you for the red state experience. I was going to say it was yeah. 180 degrees, you know. So, I mean, it resembled it in as much as like it's a movie, you've got some people all hired to make pretend in front of a camera and bring mm -hmm. something to life and that's kind of where the similarities end yeah well i watched i rewatched a few of your films before we started and you know i started to see how sort of dialogue specific right. they are and how the actors look like they're staying word perfect so i kind of prepared myself to be very much on book and you know when we got to go the quad i was just yeah, like and then we got there and we're in kevin's car and he's like just so you guys know i'm at a point in my career where I don't really care that much. <laughs> it's <laughs> he was true. Just, he, was like, he was just like, look, like, you know, sounds don't, horrible, but no, it's true. No, he was like, you know, don't go too far from the page, but you know, I'm not a stickler on the words anymore. 
And so that's where, that's how this, you know, the scene you guys just watched, that's how that sort of tone came and that sort of conversational, natural kind of thing between three friends came about. Cause five minutes before, Kevin was like, you don't have to stick that close to the words. Mm. I'm not, I have no did shame. you guys stay in touch after Sky? Like, did you guys become friends or you were just in that movie and then just in this movie? Yeah. Yeah. No, we've been friends since. Really? Yeah. Like hanging out. Like, you know, it's not like, ah, I see him every once in a while. Like you literally like, yeah. let's play, you want to play Xbox? Yeah. 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 We, we actually, uh, I told him this movie cause he was like, Hey, want to play some tennis? Like, okay, yeah, sure. I played tennis, so we played, we were playing tennis, and I was like, hey man, so what do you, um, what do you do in the summer? He's like, oh, I'm gonna do this movie Red State. I was like, oh, cool, me too. So, um, serve it up. That's how, you know, I mean, cause. And he wasn't, was he, he was like, what? What, dude? Yeah. And our domination of the industry at six years at a clip continues. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I've been dying to work with him again because I think he's, he's awesome. He's great. He, he's Michael is a wonderful actor. Yeah, he's really, going to be really natural talent. Yeah, he's he's really cool, really good to work with. Um, very present. As I mean, as you can see. So, and he's in in going from the school of ten thousand hours. This dude's been he active at like Meryl Streep. Yeah, uh, yeah. Fucking, he's worked with Soderbergh. He's a real like Forrest Gump. He's been across indie film and studio film and worked with a lot of people over the years. Pretty yeah. cool people. Yeah, totally. All right, uh, Kevin's been raving about the work of uh, Michael Park for the last several weeks, and I'm just curious, being an actor, what's your what what'd you get from it? I mean, did you think it was amazing? Were you shocked, or was it just not your style? No, I think it's everyone's style. What he puts in in this movie, it's um, it's really tricky to play a character who says such heinous things just such despicable things and then you kind of come off liking him and like he doesn't come across like a raving lunatic like like every good villain or like every historical villain like you know hitler doesn't come across like fucking he came across very poised like you know who's responsible the jews man yeah 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 yeah. and that's like he kind of familiar and shit and parks uh does like plays evil personified mm -hmm. in a in a very patrician way Mm -hmm. in in a southern gentleman kind of way Mm -hmm. um so you you the horrible things that come out of his mouth it's almost like you envision your grandfather Saying it and it's yeah, menacing. Yeah, yeah I, I don't mean you respect what he says. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, but I mean that he makes you listen. Yeah, He's you know, like there's Kyle a charisma about thing. it. Like he, he, Michael draws in a lot. Yeah. by going low and quiet, and that makes you You're you like, have to lean into. Yeah. yeah, what's he saying? What yeah, he say? Yeah, yeah. And it draws you in a lot more. It's a, it's a little trick, man, that I've never. In most of the other flicks I've ever done, nobody's ever done that. Everyone's always been loud and fucking like, snooch to the nooch. Nobody's drawn you in. <laughs> They're repelling you in many cases. Um, he went for the, the thing of just taking it inside, taking it lower, rather than being big with it, mm-hmm. making it smaller, and that brings you into it. It's pretty, it's pretty wonderful little technique. On first read of the script, I saw that uh, the preacher has 15 pages of a monologue or something like that. Mm. And I was like, wow, you know, that's, that's a, that's a big load to carry. And Michael carries it just fine. I, uh, you don't, you don't know that you're sitting there for that long. You're just enraptured by him. Go ahead, right there. Uh, so far you've had a really fascinating career. And I was just wondering after your next movie with Kevin, are there any movies or roles that you aspire to? I mean, I don't have much of a choice right now. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still at a, a, a part, a, you know, the, the beginnings of my career where I'm kind of 
I'm just like, I'll do whatever right now. You know what I mean? Uh, Who are the role models? Who are the people, the actors you like, the people you're like, not so much like, that's the dude I want to be, but the people like, uh, ooh, I like what that dude does. That's the dude who's any movie that person's in, you're like, I'll watch. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I mean, Philip Seymour Hoffman's number one. I can see the resemblance between them. (laughs) (laughs) You guys look like the number 10 next to each other, man. That's weird. Like you would gravitate toward an, (laughs) toward an actor that is so different. Like, but uh, good, good workouts, I guess. That's what you're drawn to. Yeah. I, I mean, I think one of the, um, one of the biggest qualities that I like to watch is when they complete, when they physically transform, when, you know, their voice changes, the, you know, their rhythms change. I mean, he completely rewires himself for each role, mm-hmm. and that's fascinating to me. So does Daniel Day Lewis. I mean, guys, guys like that, I really, um, I really dig. And you know, it's t- it's tough for me because I'm like I, I don't think I can play every man as a six foot six. You know, I, I can't. It's tough because I I feel it's a little a little bit more limiting being this tall and like in my but um, that's what I strive for. And I, yeah, I, I'm fascinated by that man. Yeah. I don't know though. I, I, what is it? How, what's your exact height? Six six. Yeah, it's a lot of apple boxes for people to be standing on next yeah, to. You yeah, sure. I mean, I've lost. Like you can't ever work with the chick from Juno. No, <laughs> no, they can't even put us in the same frame. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah I remember yeah. When, when we were looking at uh, Dave saw who we cast mm-hmm. for the movie, and and he saw the three boys, and he knows the three boys are going to be in every scene mostly every scene together and he was just like how the fuck am i supposed to fit that giant of a human being yeah into the frame with the boys and i was like you'll figure it out and then yeah. really there was only one place where most of the time you guys were sitting or in the car yeah. there's only one place and then we actually started losing it because exactly. it was just it was beautiful Vis- physically or visually it was just kind of interesting to look at you guys together yeah yeah i think i think it um, I think it scares away a lot of people. Does it really? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, they have that, pro- you know, the problem, uh, like they don't want their other lead to be dwarfed. I mean, it's a le- legitimate thing, but then, you know, all their concerns go away because they're like, that's kind of funny or like, that's really interesting or, right. you know, what a bizarre, you know, odd couple kind of thing we got going here. They just find ways to use it. Um, um, you gonna put on muscle soon for the fucking? I'm working on it. I'm Are eating lots really? of pasta. Yeah, I've never done that. I've never made a movie where I'm like, you get in shape. I know, I know. I, I was always that. afraid they turn around and be like, you first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank God that hasn't happened here. But you're gonna fucking rock. You're gonna look like a monster in skates, a monster with a heart of gold, and that's what that role requires. You killed it in this movie. Thanks for coming out tonight. Everyone, give Nick Braun a big round of applause. Thank you. Thanks for being here on Red State of the Union Q&As. We'll see you next week. I'm Kevin Smith. Good night. Find more funny shit like this at Smodcast.com. There's so many to choose from. There are so many to choose from on the Smodcast Podcast Network. On Sundays, it's me and Scott doing the classic Smodcast, the show that started it all. Mondays, it's me and Ralph Garman doing Hollywood Babylon. There's so many to choose from. Tuesdays, you get a double shot of goodness, man. Malcolm Ingram's blowhard, as well as Red State of the Union Q&As, our podcast show about our forthcoming movie. 
There's so many to choose from. On Thursdays, drop the gloves with the puck nuts, the same guys that bring you Tell Em Steve Dave on Fridays. And don't forget on Saturdays, Jay and Silent Bob get old with me and Jason Muse. There's so many to choose from. You could try some shows that aren't so regular, just happen every once in a while, like Highlands, a peephole history, where me and people that grew up in the town I grew up look back at the town we grew up in. Smarriage at Smod Castle, where real live people get real live married by real Rev Kev, that'd be me. There's so many to choose from. Smodimations, that's where me and Scott are drawn as cartoons. They take little sections of Smodcast we've done and animate them, man, and make them even funnier somehow. And if you've ever been to Smodcastle, then you've met Matt Cohen, and Matt Cohen has his own show, Bagged and Boarded, which is also now at Smodcast.com. There's so many to choose from. I know you keep telling me, man, but did you know that most of the podcasts at Smodcast.com are recorded live in front of a studio audience at Smodcastle, our theater out in Los Angeles on Santa Monica Boulevard between Wilcox and Cole. There's so many to choose from. Scott, even at Smodcastle, there are so many to choose from. Every week, you could see Malcolm Ingram do his show, Blowhard Live. You could see me and Jason Muse doing Jay and Silent Bob Get Old. You could see Matt Cohen doing Bagged and Boarded. You can come see Tom Green do a show down there. You could see me and Mosier doing the occasional Smodcast 3D. There's so many to choose from. That's right. For one low price, a hundred bucks, you could see every show. That happens in Smodcastle for a month. Every show you go, you get that basically comes down to be like four bucks a show. I mean, come on, you can't get a better deal than that. Go to smodcastle.com slash smodpass for the smodpass, or just stay right here on smodcast.com and listen to any of the shows that we throw up there free for nothing because we love you. And guess what? There's so many to choose from. That's right, Scott. There are so many to choose from. Smodcast.com. There's so many to choose from.